1: Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle king deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Dat
0: is een effort. Het is meer dan dat. Football Club.
1: Gilfie Sigurdsson. All right. hello and welcome to our latest Royal Blue podcast in association with Sport Pacer. And uh, we're trying not to make this uh, grim and gloomy. We want you to, to try and enjoy the weekend <laughs> and the build-up to Watford, which is clearly going to be difficult. But we do have to look back uh, a little bit at uh, Thursday evening and uh, the, the very premature end to our Europa League ambitions. And maybe more specifically, um, you know, the team selection for that night, it's already been debated you know, so widely in the newspaper and on social media. But there's you know, one or two issues that we needed to look at, and one was the, the omission of Sandro Ramirez. Um, not even on the subs bench, you know, which seemed very strange, you know, for a match in which Everson started with no actual recognised striker on the pitch. I know Chris Beasley, who's with us, um, has been up at uh, Finch Farm today, and you asked uh, David Unsworth mm. about that omission. Um, what, what did he have to say? Yeah. yeah, well, the
0: fact is that Sandro hasn't been in the squad for the last four games now, and that goes all the way back to Cooman's last game in charge. So it's, it's yeah. not a new thing, but given the personnel who were missing in Lyon and the fact that he started without even a recognised striker it was very damning um, for Sandro Um Got a story coming up um, later tonight in which David speaks about this, but I can tell you that you know he, he admitted that the the player has found it difficult since he, he came to England from the playing point of view. He's o- he's only a young lad. We've got to remember, and despite his impressive record at Malaga last season, it, it's been a big change for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I should also say we've got Adam Jones and Gavin Buckland with us uh, here today, myself, Dave apprentice. I think possibly expectation levels were a little bit too high for Sandro given what he achieved last season 14 La Liga goals and you're writing that he is a young he's a very old looking youngster <laughs> yeah, uh, but, you know, yeah. so maybe that's why you know so people just you know, see those 14 La Liga goals and expect a little bit more because from what I've seen he's just a, a lightweight inside forward to use the old terminology who needs to play off a target man if we're going to get any kind of success from him and mm-hmm. we haven't got that target man yeah. Is that fair, I mean, have either of you two seen any crumbs of comfort from him to suggest that there could be a player in there waiting to get out? <laughs> well,
2: not from his performances so far this season. Yeah. I, think, I think I'd have to agree, he does, he does look weak. He looks extremely clumsy on the ball from what, I, from what I've seen, which is, which is strange given how, how clearly talented he is as a, yeah. as a young Spaniard as well. You'd expect yeah. him to be very, very composed with his touch, but... We haven't seen that so far, but surely you'd only get better with game time. Like, you're only going to adapt to the Premier League if you're playing True. minutes in the Premier League. So I, I, know it's, I know it's tough with the situation we're in now, but I, I,
1: just, I, I just don't I, see why you wouldn't give them a chance. No, I'd say what concerns me I, mean, I think it might such be a, a huge cultural shift trying to play in the Premier League. And, uh, the reason I say that this afternoon is because we've just sat down and watched the Spanish squad being announced there uh, for their latest fr- round of fixtures and three Liverpool flops in the, in the Luis Alberto, Diego Aspas and Suso that were all going to be you know, Anfield wonder kids. Every one of them flopped miserably. Every one of them now is a full Spanish international. So there does appear to be uh, a very marked difference between La Liga football and Premier League football that some players just simply can't adapt to. And I hope that isn't going to be the case with Sandro and I'd love to see him succeed. But, you know, he's certainly struggling at the moment.
3: Yeah, did you hit the nail on the head there, Dave, when you described him as, like, an old-style inside <laughs> forward, of which we've got about 15 on the books at the moment. <laughs> sure. And he sort of, you know, when I've seen him play, he tends to fill the area that, like, is already filled already. Like, you know, yeah. not only does he, like, look like Rooney from a distance, he also play, he plays in the same area mm, as him, yeah. doesn't he? You know, he's not a natural, he doesn't strike it as a target, as you say, a target man strike. Sure. Him. And I think he's also been victim of, like, or you know, we're not going to go through this again. <laughs> you know, our plethora of uh, you know, like number tens. Sure. mean mm. And I think that, and he, he tends to run face away. You know, his back to goals, doesn't he? A lot. And I, I'd like what Adam says. He does tend to sort of look a little bit un, uncoordinated and not not yeah. what you would think for the for the Spaniards. And I think, I think one of the reasons is maybe the younger Spanish players is league. And all the teams play the same way, don't they? Yeah. You know, there's no there's no change in tactics and You know, and, and and pace. Where like in the Premier League, mainly because of the range of skills within the, within the in the Premier League, perhaps, and you know, a greater range of managers and so on, is you do get. get Different types of games and depending on on your opposition doesn't don't, don't you really and I think maybe there's a uh, you know that that makes it difficult to adapt because you're not used to playing in different types of matches you're playing one style of match in the league sure. yeah and I think that maybe help you know doesn't helps and I say the expectation was whenever you saw those like lists at the start of the season or you know, the 10 best signers of the close mm, season or the 10 yeah. best value for money signings. Invariably, he was on them from people who know, dare like, I say, a lot more about Spanish football than anybody yeah. round the table. and mm-hmm. that. I think that's really been the, the disappointing mm. thing for me. Yeah, Although, sorry, go on. There were even rumours that Real Madrid might nick in front of us yeah. at one point, yeah. wasn't there? And, I was highly regarded,
1: undoubtedly. Well, you know, so that leads on, I suppose, <laughs> to, you know, the man who's tasked with actually recruiting these players, and, you know, his name is beginning to figure in a few stories now. Steve Walsh. I mean, obviously Ronald Koeman, you know, you know took lots of flack you know, for the performances this season and ultimately, you know, you know, you know lost his job because of it. Uh, but I think we've identified in previous podcasts that one of the big problems this season has been a flawed transfer strategy. And we don't really know for sure, you know, who takes responsibility. Does Ronald Koeman identify the players and then tell Steve Walsh to go and get them does Steve Walsh identify them and give them to Ronald Koeman to work with and I think we need more clarity on that to be honest and, you know, so that, that's clearly not being forthcoming Steve Walsh is starting to get a little bit of flack now over some of these you know, players that have come in does he deserve it? Um, you know, I can see people nodding around the table I, mean, I, I think he does I mean, some of the, the signings are being flawed and three number 10s why have yeah. we got three number 10s? Yeah. it's just you know, it, it's madness you know, it's a, you know, by three players who all fill the same role in the team yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that with the signings, I've I said this to a couple of people
0: now. Um, although it was a joint thing, it's, it was Cooman and Walsh. It yeah. was a bit like um, Beatles lyrics with Lennon and McCartney. You could tell which one was a Walsh signing and which one was a Cooman signing. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's a bit of a crossover with some of the players, but you, you can kind of tell which one was which.
1: Can yeah? Go on, let's go through. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very cultural this. Yeah. Well, I think we Yeah. 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 Well, I think we'd say that. Both men would be on board, but Pickford was probably more of a, a Walsh signing. in. Martina was undoubtedly a Cooman sign Yeah, I um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I Cl- Cl- was probably more Cooman, dare I say, I'm Whereas um, yeah. uh, um, Sigurdsson was admired by both of them, but, um, Koeman really Koeman, pushed the yeah, re- yeah, really absolutely. pushed it. Yeah. So you, you can kind of tell which ones were which, as so Keane possibly more, uh, uh, Walsh again, but, um, it was obviously a, a group effort, and between them, they've got, it's the same way Mashiri and Kenwright have now got um, to come up with a new manager. The same thing with the, the players, um, there's two people there, yeah. two people making the decisions. And when Kuman was left without that centre-forward, and Giroud was in the building but didn't sign, there should have been a plan B, a plan C in there, and the same yeah. goes to the left-sided defender, he can't get off scot-free.
3: So a yeah, cumin, well. so or also it's one of them up obtain the life, that is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. no, I mean,
1: there were plans B, C and D lined up. I mean, I've had a list of players, you know, given to me uh, that, you know, they did try to go for, including Diego Costa, including Batshuayi. You could argue that they were unrealistic targets and, you know, clearly in Diego Costa's case, that was because he was never going to go, you know, to, you know, to Everson Football Club, I'm afraid. So, you know they it, it was flawed from the start, I think um, you know someone needs to take responsibility okay. for it, you know Ronald Koeman clearly has at yeah. this moment um then the new manager will come in and clearly has to you know buy quite significantly in yeah. January, you know okay. we've mentioned before on here uh, you know obviously strikers are required, left back cover required, you know central defense is required. Players in a certain age group yeah. are required. You know, there's yeah. an awful lot of spending
3: required, yeah. which is quite scary. Yeah. You
1: know, so so early in the season.
3: I think I think Walsh is quite right that he, he's getting a bit of uh, scrutiny because he got a lot of that's plaud- for the Leicester. Yeah. You know, title win. So therefore, you know, when it goes a bit wrong at your next club, you, you've therefore got to get a bit of stick. Yeah. Um. To me, I, I Chris touched on it there. Is it? I'm not sure what the decision making. Process isn't it? It has to be clear accountability here, doesn't yeah. it? Like, and I'm I'm not sure whether. You, Chris you, you spoke about Lights and Machiri About yeah. it, there's there's lots of areas in the club where there's like grey areas. Like, what's the relationship between like the under twenty under twenty threes and yeah. you know and and the first team and, and on Tuesday I said that. I think you know the next manager should just be for this season just to get us out of this yeah. this hole we dug dug ourselves into. And one of the reasons for that is I think we just need to review everything that we've done since Macheri came in. Yeah. About like the decision making, what's gone wrong, what's worked, you know, and and, and and you know, review especially the areas that have gone wrong, review what needs to be done to make that right. And that will include maybe the relationship between the manager and the director of football. Without necessarily changing the director of football. And I think then once that's been done, it's then we're in a position where we've got like that proper like governance structure around the decision making within the club, and a new manager can come in on the back of that. Because we have been on quite a bit of a journey, you know. We get a bit of stick at the moment, but it's been a massive change in the club, hasn't it, over the last mm. eighteen months? And I think we need to take account of that, don't we? Really, like at all levels. True, it's funny, shouldn't it, you yeah, said yeah. They really stuck a chord
1: just on so decisions, you know, so in the club, and yeah, they do appear to be plenty. I mean, we've spoken on here before about the gulf uh, gap between ages of the players lots of young players and lots of senior players with not much in between we've talked about um, you know the director of football stroke manager arguably you know so sort of not singing from the same hymn sheets on occasions we're talking about Farhad Mashiri and Bill Kenwright I mean the search for the new manager will come down to those two and you know we're hearing that you know Bill Kenwright was desperate for David Unsworth to succeed obviously he hasn't they're going to have to look elsewhere and you know for very short term, Farhad Mashiri wants to be a lot more ambitious uh, in his appointments. Is there a division there? But even in the coaching uh, setup, uh, I, I don't want to dignify this guy's character by even mentioning his name, but you know, Mr. Barton, there was a comment this week uh, about uh, David Onsworth, but he reflected in it that Duncan Ferguson doesn't like David Unsworth either. And that just could be him, you know, throwing it out yeah. there for uh, clickbait, you know, which he does quite successfully. Um, but, you know, other divisions in the coaching staff as well. Because, you know, when we went down to watch Open Training last week, you know, obviously John Ebrill and David Unsworth are taking it and very enthusiastic. Uh, and Duncan was very much, you know, like a silent partner just watching on. Maybe that's his demeanour generally during training. I don't yeah. know. I don't watch them training often enough to know that. But there does appear to be divisions in a number of areas of the club, which is a cause for concern. It, it, it Divi-
3: div- worry, divisions isn't? in the transfers, us. We had, like, loads of inside forwards or number 10s yeah. and then, like, no left-hand side defender or striker. So what, do you, what do you reckon, Ad?
2: Well, I think, going back to Steve Walsh, the lack of clarity over his position is what makes this a debate, really. Like Everton have never had a director of football before. Yes. Like we, we, have, we have no idea how a director of football even works at Everton. Steve Walsh, in fairness to him, has never been a director of football before. He was only a head of recruitment down at Leicester. <laughs> this is a new role for him. Yeah. This is a new role for the club. Yeah. And the fact that there is such a lack of clarity between this is is really damning to be honest and we don't know how much of a role steve walsh is going to have to play with yeah. the new manager is the new manager going to have to get on with walsh yeah. like how how much of a say is walsh going to have in this yeah, yeah.
3: there's a, there's another there's another aspect to it which which is unsworth himself isn't it because and we spoke we s- s- spoke about it you know at to start is if Unsworth has a relationship with has to have a relationship with Walsh and Unsworth now goes back to the under twenty threes if they have got a new manager in. Well, he's basically, you know, sort of told Walsh he, in his selections that actually I think some of the stuff he done during <laughs> the summer mm. wasn't that wasn't, yeah. wasn't yeah. that great, mate. Yeah. So yeah. but then he's gotta go maybe go back, might not go back to his under twenty three, he's maybe wanna spread his wings elsewhere. When back to the under twenty threes, he's now gotta like re-establish a different type of yeah. relationship although a lot of the 23's recruited as well yeah yeah yeah. there's lots of things there I think that needs working on and that's why I think we need, just need to buy ourselves a bit of time between now and the rest of the season and not make the next managerial appointment the most important one that club's this season, is just buy a bit of time get somebody in and sort all this stuff out that we just spoken about so over the last 15
1: well it, it's funny you should refer to that because I mean <laughs> Phil Kerk-Ride is not with us at the moment because he's uh, still journeying back from Lyon uh, Via Frankfurt, work yeah. that one out if you can. Yeah, but, uh, yeah he's still on his way back. Uh, but he's done a, a really interesting comment piece for tomorrow um, where he argues that, you know, bitter though the pill may be, and, you know, we'll have to swallow our pride and accept that the situation currently is so precarious that Everson do need uh, Sam Allardyce. Uh, they need, you know, a, a trusted firefighter that can come in. Short term, and just you know, basically keep Everton stable in the Premier League until a more you know forward-thinking long-term appointment can be made in the summer. It'll be met you know by well, grimly by a lot of Evertonians, I suspect. I mean, you won't be looking at his Twitter notifications tomorrow. I can safely <laughs> say that. <laughs> um, but you know, do, do you agree with him? Do you think you know, the situation is that dire? Personally, I don't. I, you know, after eight games in, are we really panicking that much already? But.
0: I don't know. It's you know, if things yeah. go wrong on Sunday, I might change my tune. Um, Kevin Ratcliffe, club's most successful captain today. I spoke to him for his, his column, and and he told me he didn't think that there was. Um, he feared there weren't three worse teams in the Premier League right now than yeah. than Everton. Oh, that's and, um, that It was scare. It was scaring him, and he spoke about the the, the need possibly for a, a firefighter in that in that respect. So, um, I just feel that. Personnel wise, Everson should safely be in the top half of the table with the, the talent they've got in the squad, even if it is grossly lopsided. But as a team, they're just, they aren't a team, they're not a unit, they're not, they yeah. They can't score at one end, they're leaking goals at the, the other end. And I suppose even somebody like Farhad Mashiri, if he is. Ambitious, he wants to protect his investment, and by protecting his investment, would be making sure that Everton are in the Premier League next season. And Sam Allardyce, to be fair to him, is number one for that. He's 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 got a record as unblemished in that respect.
1: Mm. Is is he that good at doing that? I mean, he took a long time to get Crystal Palace, yeah. You know, so firing last season, I, I do agree. What we,
2: with what you just said there, Chris. Like we have got the quality to to get into the top half of the Premier League. So why? can't we still be ambitious in our managed selection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Why, why, like, why, if we went for Thomas Tuchel, why would he get us relegated? Like, uh, uh, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't see why, why not just try and get him in. And yeah. Why couldn't he push us
3: up the table? Why couldn't he be a firefighter? I, think, I've not, I, I agree with what Phil's saying, but it only works for me if we do all this revision of all the stuff that goes on behind mm. the scenes. If we mm-hmm. don't do that, I think we'll just end up having the same scenario played mm-hmm. out. I think for yeah. me ideally for me is a short-term manager with that that whole thing kind of scenes that we've spoken about getting sorted out sorted out in the interim part, and part, and part, and part. I mean the other name which I thought I could see it working at, and it would be nice was the was wasn't was it? it was mentioned earlier that, that's a great show yeah. and I think yeah. like he would be perfect in that role wouldn't he for yeah. which, a couple yeah. of yeah. reasons yeah. one is that he's done it I mean The good point is done at Chelsea, he's a big name of football, isn't he? So it's not as if you know, we've got ambition and we're employing X, Y, and Z from lower divisions or like associated with dare I say the bottom of the Premier League. He's a big name of football, he's managed Chelsea, you know. And he would give the club like a little bit of gravitas as well, and he would work perfectly for me, apart from whether it's his type of battle. You know what I mean. I mean? Yeah. He's he's used to like you know scratching yeah. the, the bellies of yeah. star players yeah. for six months and keeping yeah. them happy. Whether it, that that will sort yeah. of turn into well, a relegation. Well, battle, last
2: know. time he took charge of Chelsea, Chelsea. But, I mean, they were they went as low as we are yeah, now, yeah. but they they were
3: in pretty dire straits for them he'd managed them before though hadn't he mm, the same yeah. players and they'd probably had better players but I, you know somebody maybe not Hiddink but a big name yeah. looking for a job for yeah. eight months would yeah. be ideal
0: it, for me mm. Hiddink was interesting when I thought of course he was the Chelsea manager when they beat Everton in the cup final in nine yeah. as well he's 70 years old now but maybe if it's a long term it's only a short term job Sorry, yeah. um, wouldn't be concerned about that the, the dynamic I was interested in that tar an entire nation with the same brush but going from one Dutch manager to another would he be too similar a voice in the dressing room his demeanour but then I thought when well, you went from Walter Smith to David Moyes and there wasn't a problem in that dynamic he managed to revitalise yeah, the club no, I, I don't game. think nationality is yeah. an
1: issue I think it's you know, down to the personality of the individual <laughs> themselves and hitting does carry you know so sort of plenty of respect and plenty of gravitas. Now I like that idea uh, very much. It's, yeah, uh,
3: if you make that you could, for me as a club, it would work better nowadays because he's a big name, isn't he? And you know what it's like in managers. If you come to heaven and you look on the outside, they'll tell you what, there's something going on here behind the scenes. That you know, when somebody who wanted the job permanently say next, summer would probably have a word. What do you yeah. think, Gus? What's what's going on behind the scenes? Mm. And if you saw like what where we're moving as a club, I can pass that message on. Coming from him, I think it'd be. Uh, uh, you know, it would be a good message. So he, he'd be ideal with the caveat that whether third off or fourth from bottom is something that he'd be suited to as a, as a manager. But as you say, there's some play, I The other thing I wanted to mention today quickly, and I know Adam just mentioned there, is if you, if you looked at our squad and marked them from poor, just generally as players, from poor, average, good, and very good, how many would fall into the very good category? Oh, gosh. Well, like, on the bed, we talk about just generally, just generally, as as we not not what the were five years ago. Are yeah. right, he Jags or Baines or something yeah. like that? Yeah. As at their current age and current skills, how many would fall into the vertical category?
0: Until recent months, Morgan Schneidling would fall into the very good category, f- but he would mm-hmm. he's, he's plummeted. Um, yeah. well, funnily enough, one of the lads
1: before was saying, uh, you know, it's getting reasonably close to that time of year, When we had th- to throw my annual Everpool team together. Yeah. And he said, You're going to be struggling now, aren't you? It's going to yeah. be like a, a Liverpool team from start to finish. And you're thinking about it based on calendar year performances, you could probably make an argument for, you know, Jordan Pickford, for Lukaku, obviously, you know, first half of the season. Yeah. Schneiderlin, don't know. First half of the year was great. Second half of the year was awful.
3: But beyond that, you know, I don't, I don't think there's anybody it, apart it, from Pickford. It's been that bad uh, a calendar year. And you're, you're the only one who would say would spend some mind is, isn't it? And that's Coleman. Yeah. You know, yeah. They're, they're the only. If you looked at our squad, say twenty-five, thirty players, the only two that you could say, on their day, were very good players are Coleman and Pickford. Well, Kelvin Sigurdson. As he, d- does he look? a very good player well we're not not going on I was going to say the other one you would hope that tickets would come into that category Mm. Rooney was a great player just now not a very good player but he's capable of very good things which Mm. is not necessarily the same so you're left with a lot of players there who are in around the the average yeah. stroke. Yeah. Fair comment. I, I like, think
1: Sigurdsson has suffered by the the absence of any forwards. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of those balls he plays into the box. He's a yeah. set piece expert, right. and his set pieces are still good. Yeah. You look at a couple of the balls on uh, Thursday night that were yeah. played and just mm-hmm. demanded to be attacked, mm-hmm. and there's no one to attack them. You know, there's a young lad, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, who's like running his heart out. Well, you know, he didn't even start on Thursday, but when he's on the pitch, he's running his heart out. But that's it. There's no one in the forward line to attack them. He would look a better player immediately with, you know, a couple of strikers with a bit of penalty box know-how and, you know, yeah. sort of the ability to read, you know, balls that are coming his Exactly. The you box. saw how well he
2: worked with
3: Fernando exactly, Swansea yeah. last yeah. season. He yeah. got... Basically, those two drag them out on the mire. Is it decent to say that's on the back yeah. of Kevin Rackless' comments? Yeah. Is that better? There's three worst teams in the Premier League than, than Everton when you look at the, the squad and their capability as which, individuals. You're thinking,
0: mm. which is damning considering the amount of money they've yeah. spent. And okay, everyone spent a lot of money because everything's relative. But the investment, the kind of investment, the excitement that was throughout the summer as all these buys were being made, and then we look what Everton have been left with. And similar to your point the other week, um, Gav about. Compared to, say, the all 9 Cup final team on Moyes' strongest side in the pump, what yeah.
1: are they actually left with? Yeah. Well, you mentioned a Cup final. Uh, Unzi has actually branded this weekend's game a Cup final, which you know is a bit concerning so early in the season. Myself and Gav are old enough to have been there at the a <laughs> Cup final. Still my, my best moment as an Evertonian, even more so yeah. than Bayern Munich. We got behind, I was on the terrace when Sharpie's goal hit the post and went in. Physical shiver went down my spine. Having been to Wembley twice and seen goalless draws, first goal I'd ever seen at Wembley, that's a proper cup final. Yeah. This one isn't, but it's a very, very, very important game. So, you know, what, what does Unzi do to get the result that is absolutely crucial now? Obviously, Baines, Jagielka and Rooney are going to be involved. It sounds like Michael Keane's going to be fit and available. Does he stick with the, the balance he's tried in the last few games? Lennon one side, Morales the other... You know, I, think, I, think
2: maybe, I think wingers I think are probably essential. Maybe yeah. not Lennon and Morales. I'd say maybe yeah. Morales and Vlasic yeah. would be my two choices. Yeah. And I'd say Benny
3: Beningamy has to start. He, he's, he's been great, he's hasn't been, he? He's, he's such been a, absolutely fantastic. Such
1: a mature head on a yeah. pair of young shoulders. Mm. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been looked, really impressed by him.
3: Mm, I mean, mm. he's, he's sort of flown under the razor, hasn't he? Because of our, you know, wider yeah. travails, but... If we did one, a couple of games or two, and he'd be spoken about thinking he's half decent. Yeah. I, mean, I think really like the look of him. He's 18, is he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's quite a big, yeah. big role to play, isn't it, mm-hmm. at 18 yeah. in front of, you know, because you've got to have like a bit of football now, so about your Avenue and mm. sort of be able to pass the ball. And he's, he's, he's looked in a struggling team, he's, he's looked there. Uh, and they've so been fairly, you know, formidable environments. He's, you know,
1: he's come yeah. on, you know, Stamford Bridge, you're a cup tie, you look great. Um, Second half of a game that was running away from Everton in the Premier League, and again, you know, help steady yeah. the ship. And then, you know, Thursday night was you know not the easiest place to go. But no, he does. He looks a player. Yeah. Uh, would you start him? You know, on Sundays, absolutely. As a, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think uh, you've got to, you've got to start all
2: your best players, and yeah. at the minute, he's looking like our best player, yeah. Yeah. which which says a lot about the rest of the squad, if mm-hmm. we're honest
0: and again going back to kevin Ratcliffe again today he says that it's essential he feels that everton find a system that get, brings the best out of both Rooney and Sigurdsson somehow he said Would that you're playing both in the same team oh. he thinks so he thinks they've yeah. got to he, he doesn't think they can afford not to given that it's yeah. the club's record signing and the highest paid player he think he said they've got the there's the goal scorer and the creator okay they've not got a proper number 9 but somehow i mean it's easier said than done figure out a system well, that which mean, Ron,
1: Ron insisted that Wayne Rooney could play number nine, which is why he you know, explained buying both those players. So if he played nine, Sigurdsson, the you know, ten, possibly. But for that to happen, Wayne's got to be disciplined and he's got to play as a nine and not drop deep on the pitch and yeah, get frustrated yeah. and try and mm. make things happen himself, which he's been doing far too much recently. He's got to play on the shoulder of defenders and mm. you know, be the player he was when he was yeah. 16. You know. Mm. It's just okay. not gonna happen, is it
3: really? Yeah. He's double that age now very yeah. isn't he? Like, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have have them both in the same yeah. team. Yeah, so true. True. So I'd have I'd have Sikerson. It's amazing that we're talking about our top scorer this season not
2: getting into the team. We're struggling for, yeah. for goals yeah. and Fair our top yeah, scorer. Yeah, yeah. Like you could yeah. you could make a really good case for him not being in the team. Yeah. He's he's one of is he yeah. still one of two players to have scored the Premier League goal for us this season. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <It's like>,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Does does uh, Big Umar get into the weekend just start him no, or no. is he going to be the right no. no? no. yeah
0: super no. sub I'm just yeah. wondering who's going to shove the Waffle Keeper into the net
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was, although he was never <laughs> touched though yeah. Yeah. as long as somebody does it yeah, yeah. Well, we normally finish yeah. these things by uh, predictions, and we're, we are absolutely hopeless. just before I do one thing on. to
3: say about just there's a, a, a little story about that because John Hunting was the referee, wasn't Correct. he? Was yeah. the, and I always think it was payback time for John Hunting that at West Brom in 1976, he was the referee when the dog got on the pitch right. and kicked, took the ball off McNaught, the Everton defender, <laughs> and the ball went loose to the uh, West Brom. I think it was uh, nicky cross went through and scored yeah. purely because the, the dog had tackled ken mack <laughs> and and john hunting allowed the goal uh, and he got loads of stick over and off and I think that he, he sort of uh, remembered that they always say referees decisions, decisions
1: even themselves was, out yeah I was so. those was
3: two in, decisions have even themselves eight out, years he coming but yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Out. well i mean the players themselves have said that jordan pickford's done a nice interview tonight but he's utterly Adamant, this is not a relegation fight. He's being in one with Sunderland, and he says this doesn't feel like a relegation fight. You know, we're better than that We're going to start climbing the table starting on Sunday. It was great, you know, defined stuff to hear. Hope he got his rise. Right. Um, so, go on, we'll uh, we'll get it hopelessly wrong and suggest what's going to happen on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> come on, let's be right yeah, for once. Yeah. Let's let's get it right. <laughs> come on, <laughs> Gav, be, be, be well, positive. What's well, going to happen uh, on Sunday? Well,
3: first of all, I don't think. It, what I would say is, I don't think it's a must-win game. No, it's it's. But it is is a definitely a must not lose game. Okay. Yeah. So So it's gonna be a draw. So so I would say I would be perfectly happy with a draw just to, just to, on the back of five consecutive defeats just to to stop stop oh, the rot. No. I'm loving yeah. that. So I'm gonna go with do you want, a score you I'm want to score go that? I'm gonna with I'm yeah. gonna go with a, a very boring one or draw. Okie dokie.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with if the Everton fans get behind them. That's important. Yeah. Hard four two one win. Okie dokie.
0: I was going to say the same. Yeah, there has been two very contrasting games against Watford in recent seasons. It was 1 0 with Barclay at the end of last season. It was the 2 2 on the opening day of the previous season. But I can't see him keeping a clean sheet, but I'll be bold and say Unsee to bow out in his cup final with a
1: 2 1 win. I can see a win. It? I know Watford have got a number of injury problems at the moment, you know, which is heartening me a little bit. Choi Dini's missing. He's very important to them. You know, they're a very good side technically with a manager that, you know, is allegedly, you know, attracting uh, Everson's interest as well. But I just think that there's going to be such a mood of defiance and not anger, but, you know, Goodison can be, you know, an intimidating place to be uh, when we're up against it. And let's face it, we are up against it. Uh, so I can see, a, you know, a Fulham-type atmosphere. David Moyes' first game when Unzi scored after 30-odd mm-hmm. seconds. That was a hard fought 2 one win that day after Tommy Graverson ridiculously got himself sent <laughs> off. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a. Uh, I'm going to go clean sheets, two 0 two nil mm-hmm. one for the Toffees. Ooh. So anyway, we're back next early next week uh, to discuss what's happened and uh, you know what the international break may hold for us. So uh, come back and uh, join us then.